morning, Harvest Church. Let's stand and praise and worship the Lord Jesus this morning together. Amen. I have been saved by the grace of God. Amen. I have been raised to a future without end. I set my eyes on a true and loyal friend, the one whose life I'm giving. Sing Jesus. Jesus, all my hope in Jesus.
Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that perfect love casts out all fear, Lord. And because your presence is here this morning, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, you'd cast out all fear. Fear does not belong in this place, Lord. Lord, your perfect love would just uh, envelop us, Lord God. That we'd be, we would just feel a tangible presence of your love this morning and that we would then, after this service, be able to go out and share your love with the world, Lord. Lord we invite you here in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can take a seat. Well, good morning, church. It's so good to see you. Uh, my name is Jeremy. I'm the youth and family pastor. And on Sundays, I also double as a parking lot attendant. So I'm sorry if I'm the first face that you see in the morning, you know, chasing you away from parking spots. Um, be gracious with us and with our neighbors. Um, they've, uh, they've kind of requested a few of their, their spots on a Sunday morning. So if you're looking for different places to park, um, and that parking lot's full. We have a bunch of spots over here uh, right behind Klondike Parts uh, Pizza. And you just get a free voucher that'll let you out of the gate for free. Um, there's some across the street. If you have family, the great spot to park is over by the kids' ministry back there. So um, there's a lot of spots to park right behind our church on the freshly repaved spot. And then in, in, right in front of Anderson Burton's, those are all available to you. But uh, they get filled up fast, especially if if you're a little on the later side. So um, just, just putting that out there. And um, a few announcements for you this morning is uh, next week is a really exciting week in the life of our church. We're having child dedication. Um, it's, it's a way that our church is growing. And so next week, uh, so far, we have five children uh, being dedicated. And what that is, is it's not, we're not baptizing them. We're not sprinkling them. We don't believe in uh, infant baptism here at Harvest Church, but we do want to dedicate these children. And it's it's less to do with the child as it, as it, as it is with the parents and the, the family and the community. So we pray over these children, over the, over the families, that the families will just raise these children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So that's going to be next week. If you haven't yet, send me an email to have your child dedicated that day. Um, then just do that and join the, the, the fun. Um, and then another way that we can love our community is next uh, week uh, for Halloween, we're going to be opening up, we're going to take all the chairs out of the sanctuary, and we're going to be opening up and having a number of game booths, and we're going to be inviting the community into the, into the sanctuary and uh, have them have some fun at some different booths. Now, some of the children that are going to come will have never stepped foot in a church. And some of the parents will maybe never have stepped foot in the church. So it's a way of opening up our sanctuary, letting them see that it's not strange in here. Uh, it's a really cool building and inviting them in to, to, to have a little love and to be loved on and uh, maybe hopefully invite them back to church and join our community. So it's going to be a great, um, great time to serve. We do need people to help out with volunteers. So it's, it's in the afternoon, Halloween. It's a, um, it's a Monday, I believe. So um, Sign up back at the Info Center. It's a great place to do that. And then thirdly, um, I don't know if many of you remember, but Dustin and Chelsea, they served here at, at uh, Harvest Church for a long time. I think I might have a picture. There we are. Uh, Dustin and Chelsea. And they were just great volunteers around here. Um, they, they, um, Chelsea helped out with the kids' ministry. They both helped out with the youth. And uh, earlier in this year, back in May, May 1st, they felt the calling to move to Florida. We're like, okay, you go. So we prayed them out for our youth group. I know we, uh, we, we just prayed for them as they went, for our, our staff team as well. They went out to Florida. They got hooked up with a church there um, uh, and uh, started volunteering right away. 
and um, they happened to move to Fort Myers, Florida. And um, so that was May 1st. They, they were there for not very long, they got really involved with their church, and then September 1st, they felt like, man, Fort Myers not, may not be our place. They were right on the coast. So uh, September 1st, they got a new place in Naples. And so at the end of the month, as many of you remember, and, and so, some of it, this, this is kind of in the rear view mirror, but uh, Hurricane Ian came through and, and, and wiped out um, Fort Myers, Florida, where they were living. Now, Dustin and Chelsea, I want to say, they're doing great. God protected them. God put them in this little bubble right there in Naples. They're a little bit inland. And so they said the only damage they had on their, the house that they're renting is tornado damage. Like, who would have thought? You know, a hurricane flight comes through, and they had a little hurricane or a little tornado. They never lost power. They didn't lose water. But they know a lot of friends and a lot of people in their community that are hurting. And so we wanted to partner with Hope City Church, and that's the church that they're volunteering at, that they're involved in. And Hope City Church uh, has a video about how we can help partner and help love on our brothers, sisters in Christ in Florida. So can we roll that video? So a number of years ago with my old church, we, um, a year after Hurricane Katrina, we got to go and help out rebuild homes and, and, and get involved in the life of people that had been just demolished by that hurricane back then. So I, speaking with people, being in their homes, even a year after the fact, the, the damage is lasting. So this uh, joining with Hope City Church is just a great way to partner with our brothers and sisters in Christ that are hurting there. Um, you can go back to the info center to find out more about how you can donate or how uh, you can give to help uh, that church and their, as they're going out to reach uh, people for the gospel in a tangible way. So uh, just a great way to get involved in that way. So uh, right now we're going to have a, a time of meet and greet. So say hi to someone uh, that's around you. And uh, yeah, God bless you guys.
Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome. I love that um, video, the opportunity for us to partner with my microphone is on fire. It is. Okay, good. <laughs> so I wonder, um, in the spirit of generosity, I wonder if, uh, in, in just a way to love people who've been impacted by Ian, the hurricane there, I wonder if there's a way for us to set a goal. I wonder if we should set a goal. You guys game for a, a, like a financial goal that we can bless that part of the world with? I mean, I think we need goals, right? I think it's important for us to, uh, to love our community and our world with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, so what, do, you think, do you think we could raise $25,000 to send off? Is that possible? Do you think, okay, if, if uh, it just occurred to me, I, we didn't have, I haven't had any conversation with anybody about this <laughs> until now. So is it unrealistic to do $50,000? No. no? Who said no? Oh, <laughs> Who said? <laughs> 50,000. Oh, okay. So if everybody gave 100 bucks. So I think we, we put a ton of money into this building and renovations, and we're always putting money into our facilities and our community and that sort of thing. But how cool would it be to I mean, can we do, I mean, if we all pitched in a hundred bucks, both, you know, all the people in our church, every family, I mean, I think, I think we could do that. How many families do we have at Harvest Church? You think so? Yeah. Per, per family? Okay. So let's try to do that. 50 grand, right? I mean, it's, uh, I, think it's, I think it's doable. Um, I'll pitch in a couple hundred bucks and you'd hope so? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, this is just kind of coming right now, thanks. Um, I'm not gonna put you on the spot because I don't want you to feel like you gotta raise your hand, but um, um, who's got real faith for this kind of thing? Josh, you got some faith for it? Josh, come on up and uh, pray for us. Uh, can we get a microphone? And uh, I think, yeah, come on up. And uh, this is Josh Erdman. He's going to pray that uh, the Lord would just open up the windows of heaven through us so that we could send them off a blessing. And I don't know what $50,000 will do in the scheme of things, but I think more important than the $50,000, I think, is just the, the, the church coming together. Amen. And... Um, us, you know, us thinking outside of our own little... Just realizing, one, that the fact that we can gather together here free. We can gather together um, in with warm water and... And Lord, that up and send money through tough times. Their faith is challenged. We see it work. Sending back. Uh, thank you so much. Our church can be there. In present, um, giving hugs and encouragement. 
And uh, may we as a church just brighten their light of faith, um, funneling money over to that church and seeing your kingdom grow. Lord God, I pray that um, each person here, their faith would be their faith would be increased with the opportunity to serve. Maybe not everyone here has the the ability or time to to fly over and be there and be directly your hands and feet. But um, through uh, just modern technology and the, the ability to send our finances over, Lord, may um, may that be multiplied. Yes. May the 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 money that we we send. Um, have so much more of an impact than it would be with what we were to do um, in our own neighborhoods. Lord, I pray for um, encouragement. I pray that um, there would be excitement and um, that this would be an opportunity for us as a body here locally to to grow and to, to get that fellowship where all of us can contribute and serve together in a unique way outside of the, the traditional ways of helping. Lord God, uh, may you be glorified in our time together in uh, Steve's message, and I just um, am encouraged in uh, his spontaneity and challenging us. May we all um, rise to that and make you proud. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, in the back. Uh, so uh, I, I just, I don't know about you guys, but about this uh, I'm looking at Shelly because we were on the first pray, ask the Lord what he would do to give. And then uh, the felt again <laughs> and so then their faith was challenged i think sometimes we make commitment actually we've heard from the lord about this fifty thousand. but i just think that that god's honored when we're generous with uh, the resources that he has blessed us with helping those who will never pay us back they'll we'll never even know who they are this side of heaven um but imagine the other side, <laughs> when we are in the presence of the saints and the presence of the living God and we meet people who we've helped, we didn't even realize, we, we, they're gonna come up to us, somehow we're gonna know and we're, there's gonna be a connection there. So I think there's something eternally minded connected to a, a drive like this, a, a desire to help people. So um, do whatever you feel like you wanna do, just make out your check or do whatever and just put in, um, what, what should we put it, Ian or Hurricane or Hurricane Relief, Hurricane Relief, how's that? Sound good? Okay, sounds good. Sounds good, thanks for that. How many are gonna jump in a little bit? I gotta get a little bit of a commitment, right? I'm not asking you to jump in with how much, but if you've got money, or even if you don't have, I think sacrificially giving, I think it's just the way, we're talking about love today. So this is a great example. <laughs> we're really, I mean, this is like the rubber meets the road kind of way to love people who will never be able to love us back this side of heaven. We'll never get like, you know, it's not like you're helping your neighbor across the street who will someday maybe help you back, right? Like, hey, here's, you know, some help. We'll never get it back. <laughs> never, ever. I think that's the most beautiful way to give, to sacrificially give. 
uh, unselfishly. So anyway, I, we'll, we'll be uh, receiving those gifts over these next couple of weeks. It'd be great if we could get it done in a week. You think we can get it done in a week? You think we can get it done in a week? It'd be really good. This has nothing to do with Harvest Church except for we get to help. So I'm not, you know, we're just going to see what we can do, see what the Lord will do. <laughs> yes, if you need to borrow 200, uh, yes, that's fine. Um, I don't know who's going to give it to you, but yeah, somebody will loan it to you. <laughs> who's got 200 bucks for Keith over there? <laughs> hey, thank you so much for honoring us, uh, the pastors, last week at Pastor Appreciation Week. We, we, um, Jeremy and I are the only two pastors right now, well, up to that up to last week, and now Curtis is on the team. Uh, so yeah, we want to, we're so thankful. Um, just want to, if you weren't here last week, we, where did he go? He disappeared. He, uh, he went out. Um, anyway, so we ordained my son Curtis, who has been serving in the church initially as a volunteer, then a highly paid staff, and then uh, just kind of grew in his role and uh, his uh, graduate season. So we've you know, besides the graduate studies, besides all of the most important stuff is um, what we've just seen in Curtis's life, uh, the way in which he's grown, his character, his love for people, his love for the ministry. So we're just so grateful. And uh, so, um, hey, so Jeremy talked about uh, if you get here late, park across the street. I got here late this morning, so I was I parked across the street. And so the way you get a free way out of there is you go back to the info center and get a parking pass. What's it called? Validation. There we go. So there's lots of parking around here, actually. There's lots and lots of parking around here. So it's just literally like right across the street. So um, at the Century 21 parking lot there. All right. So we're, I, I got 17. So how can I be down to 17 minutes? All right. I got to be 17. Because I spent a lot of time doing other stuff here. But I'm going to try to wrap this up here in 17 minutes. Our core values. We're committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, confident in the Word of God. Created, oh, good, good. And called to love all people. There we go. There we go. We'll be in uh, 1 John 4, 7 through 21 today. So these core values that we've been talking about, these are kind of the wheels that we roll forward on. And um, if one of those wheels is slightly flat, I got a flat tire recently. I don't believe in karma. You know why? Okay, thanks for asking. Because everywhere I go, like when I'm walking or running, if I see a, a nail, I will pick it up. In fact, I intentionally look for nails because I don't, it's a bummer to pick up a nail in your tire. So karma would say that because I pick up nails, I will never get a nail in my tire. I get nails in my tires all the time. Karma doesn't work. <laughs> but I still got, anyway, so I, I'm noticing my tire is, is low. And then the next morning I wake up and my tire is just dead just dead flat. And so it, like I aired it up and it, it goes flat within like 30 minutes. And so, so the idea is that you got to keep some air on those tires and those are the tires that you roll forward on and you get better traction, you get better, uh, all kind, you just, you're able to do what you're meant to do. So we're going to be talking, this is the last study this week or the last sermon on the core values called to love all people. And so we're talking about the love of God. I love I love talking about the love of God because I know, we know, we know, if you've been a, a Christian for any amount of time, you know that it's the love of God that keeps us, that draws us, that calls us in Jesus' name. A friend of ours who's passed now, Cheryl Hancock, she uh, was a missionary in Israel for <clears throat> decade, couple, I don't know, 20 years or so, and 
Uh, I would, I, Ron D and I went over there to visit her a couple times and, um, and just did some ministry with her. And I asked her, what makes your ministry so effective? I mean, why, why are Muslims and, and Jews, why are they giving their lives to Jesus? I mean, why, why are they converting to Christianity? She said, it's because of the love of God. It's foreign to them. And when they experience the love of Christ through Christians, they're just, they're excited about that. They, they get excited about that. So I, I love talking about the love of God. Um, it's important. It's crucial. It's, it's the identifier for us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are known, the world will, will know that we're disciples of God because of our love one for another. So I first wrote this, uh, we first, as a staff leadership team and elders, we got together, I think back in 2014, and wrote out these core values. And we, we said, hey, what identifies us? Not what do we hope to be, what do we, are, or what, what we're striving to be, but who, what, who are we really uh, today, right now? And, and so we identify these core values, and um, we just know that we're, we're called to these things, and that God has given us purpose as we live out these core values, and we're hopefully going to be impactful as we live out these core values. We're called, literally called. So it's, it's not just like something we should do, but it's actually a calling upon our lives as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are in Christ, then you are called to love all people. When Jesus walked the shores of the Sea of Galilee, he called his disciples one by one, just like he called you when you came into the faith as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. He called them, he calls us to a new life, a new way of thinking, a new way of living, a new way of being. It's like we're born again. And that's what the Bible says too. We're actually like born again, John 3, 3. We're born again into a new way of living and thinking and being. We're called. We're called. And the core values don't say we, we should love all people. And while we why we should love all people, but we are actually called. It's, it's, it's not just a, a should, an assignment, but it's actually part of our DNA as believers. It's actually part of our spiritual makeup. So it's not something we do outwardly necessarily. It is outwardly, but it's, it's birthed out of the core of who God has called his people to be as believers. We're called. We are called to love all people. Why? Because we're new believers in Jesus Christ. So, so God has called us to do wonderful and supernatural. He's put it within our DNA to do this. A visitor to one of Henry Ford's auto plants met Ford after a tour of the factory. The visitor was in awe of what he had seen, and he said, it seems impossible the visitor told Ford, it seems impossible that a man who started with nothing could accomplish all of this. You say that I started with nothing, Ford replied, but you are wrong. I started with all that I needed. <laughs> he, Ford had an understanding about who he was. He had a God-given ability to envision and then accomplish something most don't even consider. So, because of our new birth in Christ, we have everything that we need to do what God has called us to do. Because the Spirit of God has filled us, taken up residence in our lives, we actually have, by the grace of God, the power of God, the Spirit of God, we have the ability, the strength, and the grace to do what he's called us to do. And so 
we have within us by God's grace because of his filling, because of our adoption, because of our new life in Jesus, we have the capacity to love <laughs> all people. Do you, is that, do you, do you believe that? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> good, good. Uh, we talked about this verse last week in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And so if we're doing all kinds of works, but it's not out of the love of God, we're just a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. But if we're doing all kinds of busy things, but we're not actually loving, we're created to do great works with a heart of love. With a, and part of those great works is obviously love. We, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So let's jump into our main text this morning. First uh, John 4, 7, verses 7 through 21. It says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. So John, the apostle, is writing to the church. He's writing to believers, and he's challenging them, and he's challenging us, challenging us to continue to love because it's hard to love, and sometimes we don't want to love, and sometimes we give up on people because we, they're just too hard to love. But John is saying, hey, Brothers, sisters, family of God, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves God is a child of God. So he's telling us, reminding us of our responsibility and really the privilege. It's a privilege to love people. It's a, it's a privilege because what we get to do in loving the unlovely people in our lives, it's easy to love people who love us back. It's really hard to love people who don't like us at all, right? But the privilege is we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We get to be Jesus with skin on and that we get to love people who don't love us back and we get to confound them by God's grace and his love and do what the world doesn't do and choose to love in the face of hatred. And when somebody hates you and despises you, we get, we get a chance to, I say this all the time, everything that God requires of us requires his power, his supernatural grace at work in our lives. And so there's people in your life that you're, you're like, I can't love that person. You don't have to like everybody. Right? You don't have to agree with everybody, but you gotta, you gotta love them. And, and that maybe just means that, hey, I'm not gonna hold a bitterness, a darkness in my heart toward this person. I don't agree with them. I don't like them, but I'm gonna pray that God, you know, God would bless them and help them and speak to them. Um, doesn't mean we have to hang out with everybody because we're not gonna do that. There's just some people who grate on us, right? Anybody else have people? In, uh, we all do, right? Okay, good. And uh, so... But the important thing is that we would express the love of God to them and that we're um, gracious. By God's grace, I, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was in the back here and it was Sunday morning and uh, this couple had come through the parking lot and um, this person, one person in, the, in particular was just really harsh a number of years ago. And uh, I was surprised at my reaction to them. I was like, hey, are you guys coming to church? I was like, where's this coming from? You know, like afterward. 
And uh, they said, oh, no, we've already been to church. We're just coming for lunch. I said, hey, I, I love you. And they were like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and afterwards, I thought, where did that come from? It wasn't, like, contrived. I, I didn't, like, think about it. It just came out. I just decided to love them. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they've done, and I probably might have to decide that again if something else happens or if I see them and I'm in a bad mood or something. I might have to decide I got to love them, right? <laughs> right? We got to love. So the, John is right. He's telling us, reminding us of our responsibility and privilege to love others. John reminds the church that love actually originates with God. And we demonstrate that we belong to God when we love like God. When we love like God, we actually demonstrate that we belong to him. So the result or the result of a true confession of faith is the indwelling spirit of God that enables us to love. So this verse is saying that the ability to love the way God calls us to love can only happen when his, when his abiding presence is with us. So everything that God asks us to do, that when you serve, give, do whatever, it's all a result of the grace, the abiding presence of the living God within us. Verse says, anyone who loves as God calls us to love, anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. So we can't love like the world loves because the world's love is very conditional. Like if you do A, B, and C, I will love you. If you do one, two, three, I will love you. That's not the kind of love that God has called us to love each other with. And it's not the kind of love that God loves us with. He actually loves us with this unconditional love called agape. It's this unconditional love. And um, it's a love that we actually can't earn. And a love that we can't keep by our own actions. <laughs> we, we, never, we can never earn the kind of love, the unconditional love that God gives to us. And it's interesting that he gives us that love so that we can experience it, so that we can choose by God's grace to love others. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Wow, interesting. Anyone who does not love, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So maybe your challenge this morning about how to love, who to love, why to love, if there's a certain person in your life that you need to forgive, maybe that person has already passed. And you're struggling to forgive what happened. You're struggling. Uh, and it's just wearing you out, right? I mean, it's just like thrashing you internally because you're going over the pain. You're rehearsing the incident, you're going over in your life what has happened and it's just wearing you out. And say, you might have to say, God, I, I, I want to forgive that person. I want to, uh, well, the, I can't express love in the, in the sense, but I can, I can release this person and allow the, uh, the truth. We can't have love and unforgiveness and bitterness in our heart. They, they, they cannot share the same space. And so we will not be able to love until we let go of bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment. We will not be able to do that. So maybe you're struggling. How do I love? You begin with just letting go of things that are taking up space in your heart. You let, let that stuff go. And then you'll find that there's plenty of room and plenty of capacity to love the way that God has called you to love. 
what does love look like? Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 43 through 48, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. <laughs> love your enemies. Did, did, did Jesus have any experience in this? <laughs> Maybe, right? I mean, of course he did, right? So he's not just speak, it's not just hypothetical, right, in Jesus' life. It's not just, oh, this is a good idea. I think I'll share it with my followers. This is who he is. Verse 45, in that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that, but you are to be perfect. And that word means mature, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So we need to allow our lives to mature in this area, to, be, to grow in perfection in this area. We're called to love. We're called to love, number one. As God's people, we cannot get away from this call, this call to love. And there's nobody outside of, outside of that call. We, we, we have to love all people. Again, the, the action of love is distinctive to us as believers. It distinguishes us from all other people in the world our ability to love. It distinguishes us. And if we don't have that distinguishing characteristic in our lives, it's probably a demonstration that God needs to do some, he needs to do some heart surgery on us. Love is part of the evidence that a person is actually born again. The ESV footnote remarks, the person who lacks love shows himself to be unchanged at the core of his being by the gospel message. John is not saying that God is only love. He has numerous other attributes, nor that love is God, a statement for which there is no scriptural support. God is love means that God continually gives of himself to others and seeks their benefit. Whew. That's a strong statement. Let me read it again. God is love, quotes, means that God continually gives of himself to others and seeks their benefit. So this type of agape love that the scriptures are talking about is, is a selfless, supernatural love that can never be generated out of our natural flesh, but can only be generated out of the spirit of God. <laughs> I'm going to just skip down to the um, last part of my message because we got 40 seconds left here. But um, <laughs> I want to talk about the different types of love because it helps us in contrast, uh, to contrast the kind of love that we're talking about compared to worldly love. There are Greek, uh, different types of love in the Greek language. Uh, here are a few eros. Eros is one of the words for love. It describes all emotional love, the, feeling, the feelings of love. It's where we get our word erotic. So eros love is that 
insatiable desire to be near the target of this love, the exciting, passionate, nervous feelings that sweep over people in the appropriate circumstances. This is the love that says, I love how you make me feel. Interesting, huh? I love how you make me feel. Then there's philos. Philos love or brotherly love, friendship love, is the next kind we'll look at. Philos describes the love between two people who have common interests and experiences or a fondness for. Philos steadily grows like a building being constructed stone by stone. For this reason, when close friends are separated for a while and reunited, they will often say it's like we picked up exactly where we left off. Philos is half about the circumstances and half about the commitment of two people to one another. It says, I love who we are together, or in a case of a non-person, I am fond of this food. Philos love generally grows over time, except in the case of uh, some kind of betrayal. And then there's storgy love. Storgy is the love one has for a dependent. It's an emotionally, it's a commonly called motherly love. So there's different types of love. So we say in our English language, I love hot dogs. <laughs> I love my wife. I love God, right? So there's a great hot dog place in the Pomo. You got to go. It's like a, um, I don't know if it's like, um, Anyway, it's, it's on the east side. You get off Teff Street, turn left. It's, it's a Chicago hot dog place. Anybody know what I'm talking about? What's it called? Stuff on, oh, there it is, yeah. So, it's, uh, so you, you go there, yeah, you go there and you get this hot dog. It's um, all beef and it's got pickles and onions and peppers and you can build that thing, right? So this is, this is a type of love, right? I love, like I went yesterday because I was really, wanting a hot dog and they were closed. I didn't love that at all, right? <laughs> we're not talking about hot dog kind of love. We're talking, we're, we're not, that's not the kind of love that got it. I mean, it's like, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's jump into agape kind of love. Agape love is entirely about the one who loves <laughs> and has nothing whatsoever to do with the one being loved. So sometimes we're like, ah, I'm not sure I love my wife today. She didn't make my eggs just right. <laughs> right? We're like, ah, I'm kind of put off, right? As Agape love says, it doesn't matter if she burns my eggs, which she never does, but if just hypothetically, if she burned every meal that she ever cooked, I'd still love her, right? Because my love for her has nothing to do with anything just a decision. It's a decision on the person who is loving has little to do with the one being loved. Agape love in its purest form requires no payment or favor in response. So when we're sending off this money to the Hurricane Ian victims, we're, this is an agape kind of love. We're expecting no repayment. Requires no payment or favor in response. The most common word for God's love for us is agape, and it gives a list uh, the love we are commanded to have for one another is this type of love. It's the kind of love that 1 Corinthians 13 talks about. It's the kind of love that John's talk, 1 John 4 is talking about. It's like every time God calls us to love, it's this type of love. It's this type of love. 
And so when we talk about we are called to love all people, we're, we're called to love people who disagree with us theologically. <laughs> we're called to love people who differ with us politically. You're like, oh, really? Yep. We're called to love people who disagree with us philosophically, uh, socially, just in every way. We're called to love people, right? We don't have to agree with everybody, but we got to love. We've actually got to love everybody. It's commanded to us in the scripture that we'd love God and love others. And so with that, I'm going to invite the worship team up and uh, we're going to worship some more. And um, I got to learn to write shorter sermons. That's what I got to learn to do. Let's go ahead and stand up. Uh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just, in the quietness of our own hearts and minds, ask the Lord. And I'm not going to call anybody out on anything today. I'm just, let's just ask the Lord, Lord, who do I need to love? And Lord, so that's the first question. Who do I need to love? That's probably someone that we're having a hard time loving. And then, Lord, we're asking uh, this next question. Uh, Lord, how do I love better? Show me how to love better with an agape kind of unselfish kind of love. Lord, I pray that as a church that we'd be unselfish in our love, that we would, God, that we would love unconditionally. Seems really hard, Lord. <laughs> God, that we would love the way that you love us, which is unconditionally. Lord, so help us to realize that, that we have the power by your grace and strength within us to do these things, and so help us to do it, Lord God. So day to day throughout the course of this week, we pray that you remind us to love. Remind us to love, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship.
Thank you, Father, that you are our God. Thank you that we can exalt you. Lord, we choose to exalt you even when we don't feel like it. Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage and the strength to love and to love well this week. Lord, would we hide scripture in our hearts? Would we call on you in our times of need? Would we exalt you and lift you high? Thank you for being our present help. Thank you for being our comforter and our healer and our provider. We love you and we praise you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.